Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. I asked uh, a favorite author of mine and dear friend at this point, I love how books bring us together, uh, Paul Myla to join us. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Good morning. How are you? Thanks. So good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. I heard a second ago you were tired because you were up last night writing. Yes. Once you get in the zone, you hate to stop. You know, it's like almost you're on this uh, almost like autopilot. You don't know where the words are coming from or the phrases or the different scenes you're writing. But, you know, you struggle to get into that spot. So once you're there, you don't want to let go. Exactly. I totally get that. I totally get that. Uh, Paul is the author of Killer in Paradise. And I have here also Dangerous... Was Dangerous Waters first? Yes, that was the first one. And this is number... Five. Five. And I hear there's number six getting worked on right now. Is that true? In the middle, there was a second one, which was Whale's Angels. Okay. Uh, Third became Fireworks. Yes. Fireworks, and before Killer in Paradise, and some of the characters from this book actually reappear in Killer in Paradise, uh, that was uh, Near Miss. Fantastic. But when I, the funny thing is, when I wrote the first book, I didn't think it was going to be a second or a third or a fourth, <laughs> I, otherwise I would have made it a series from the beginning. I just thought it might be a one book wonder and that was it, you know. And, and now he's up all night and he keeps writing. Um, exactly. I'd ask Paul not just to talk about the books, but um, on the show we're going to be talking about different writing techniques and tips to help encourage you. And one thing that when Paul and I were speaking about the books was about writing different threads. And as soon as you started telling me that, I love that because I love when I'm reading a book and there are kind of different storylines and they converge at the end, kind of a thing. Can you tell us about that and how you set that up? And is it easy or hard? um, You know, and I think that kind of harkens back to what I think you've said in the past, or I've heard from other people say uh, that uh, to be a good writer, I'm not saying I'm a good writer yet, I'm still working at it, but to be a writer, um, it helps to be a good reader, or you have to be a good reader. It helps to read to make your writing better. And, uh, you know, when I was going to start my first book, I wasn't consciously thinking about a style, but I knew that I enjoyed books uh, like by Tom Clancy, for example, in his early books before he began writing with somebody else and writing on his own, um, where... Uh, you'd start, the, the story would come along, and you'd have one story thread line going in one place, and then he'd switch to a different location, different storyline, which seemed to be totally independent at the time. Maybe you'd throw in a third one. And you kind of would say, so, okay, let's see where this goes along. You're enjoying reading it. But you notice that the story progressed, the, the story threads that were very different began coming together and converging until it got to a point where you realized how they all made sense and how they all interrelated. And that might not come for the first 80 or 90 pages, but it was much, once it was there, you really started going into high gear and enjoying the story and it all made sense. 
as a in that contrasted to a maybe call it a I don't know what the proper word would be, but a linear style where a story begins and it just go cruises along, right. following chapters. With this, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just different right. styles. That's not bad. Right. Uh, but just different. Absolutely. And I just found for some unconscious reason when I began writing, I gravitated to that st uh, multi-thread style where in Dangerous Waters, for example, uh, there was some interesting action going on in New York City. There was something going on in Cozumel. There was something going on in, Northern, in uh, California. All different. Uh, and they all kind of came together as the story progressed. Uh, not that I actually planned it that way, but I guess my mind kind of worked that way. I don't know. I, I love reading those kinds of stories and I'm with you you're reading you know you read chapter one let's say and, and you're immersed in this world wherever it might be and then you read chapter two and you feel like gosh I'm reading a completely different book here and maybe chapter three is a completely different book but then all of a sudden maybe chapter four you're back to that familiar character and as you're going on you've got those those things going and I find that as the story progresses, um, they, and they start to get closer together, like you can start to feel almost like that magnetic pull. Ooh, they all went to the same island. Ooh, they're all looking for the same treasure, or whatever it might be. And you're starting right. to feel the connection. And very often, pacing-wise, at that point, instead of it being, say, one chapter per story, after a while, it's... A, it's like either a short chapter or a half mm -hmm. a chapter or even um, the, the stories that are very fast paced. By the end, it might be just one paragraph for each right. person. And, and now I'm turning those pages. You're talking about writing a page turner. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's I think it's kind of I don't know if it's more difficult. To, it seems, I think it's, it is difficult and challenging to write that. Stuff oh, gosh, yes. Besides keeping track of, the, of just a regular story, you're trying to keep track of multiple stories, and you have to pay attention to certain things like timelines right. and time sequences. Because when you're switching from one to the other, uh, all of a sudden you have to make sure, you know kind of have them kind of either coming together at the same time. You, you know, you can't have all of a sudden. Uh, well, three years later, this happened, and then you go back to the other storyline, and only this happened. The sequence there was like a, two minutes later. So you have to kind of keep aware of how that kind of. Uh, operates through it throughout your story it makes it a little more difficult it keeps your mind going i'll tell you that well that's uh, i'm glad you hit on that because that's why i asked you here is tell us so how do we do that if you want if i wanted to write one of those types of stories how how do you organize it how do you keep your mind focused what do you, what are your secrets well, well i know some some when you talk to writers and you ask them do you, do you just kind of write stream of consciousness or do you plan everything out and, or somewhere in between and i would say probably most people if you took a poll of all uh, writers, it's probably one third, one third, one third. They probably will have those you mm. know, those, those ways of doing it. I need an outline, okay. especially for this kind of writing. Not that it's a concrete set in stone outline, but uh, kind of a rough outline of where the story begins, um, and kind of a chapter. You know, uh, and each chapter could be like maybe two sentences long, but that's the chapter as you go as you're going along kind of all the way through to the end. Sometimes I kind of know the end before I go to the middle. Oh, but wow. Tough, I kind of know how to start the story. I kind of have an idea where I want it to end, but the challenging part is the story arc, getting from the beginning to the end right. and making that all sense, it makes sense. And to me, I have to have that outline. Uh, not that it's like I said, it's not concrete, it's not written in stone, it can mm -hmm. change. You can even change the order as right. you go along because as you're writing, 
the characters kind of like sometimes they, they lead you sometimes which is kind of scary how you have all of a sudden the characters directing you what to write about them you know it's kind of like what's, who's in charge of the show here oh i love that i love that for characters to actually come alive in in, in your typing and and take on a mind of their own i think that's amazing yeah, you're not, you're not sure who's channeling who after a while. <laughs> now, what what do you use? Um, are you a, a Post-it guy? Do you have a giant whiteboard in your studio? Google Drives? What's your what's your chip? I have like a paper outline. Okay. Interesting enough, when you talk about it, I've often thought about putting some kind of a big whiteboard out there, but I kind of have a whiteboard in my mind, if you will. Oh, it's okay. Kind of, I kind of visualize things. Mm -hmm. Maybe that comes from um, <laughs> how old I am. From, when I was very young, you know, before TV really took off totally, there were quite a few shows on radio. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, typical shows that made it to TV, but they started up as radio shows. You know? Right. Uh, adventure shows, uh, The Lone Ranger, even those kind of shows way back. So from listening to those, I kind of, my mind works in a visual kind of way. I can visualize this stuff in my head somehow. So um, instead of actually having a, a, whiteboard, a, a whiteboard on the wall, I kind of have one in my mind where I kind of can see... Just you the order of these chapters, how they're going to go. And you the remember them and don't forget them? Pardon me? And you remember and don't forget? They kind of pop back, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm a paper girl. I have got notebooks and writing things down. Good for you with the memory. And sometimes what I'll do, though, I'll, along with the, with the draft I'm writing, I have another... Uh, you can open two documents at once in Microsoft, right? In, okay. In, in Word, right? Right. So I'll have... My, my draft that I'm writing, but alongside that, uh, hidden behind that one on my computer, is uh, the outline notes. Okay. So when I get an idea like that, I'll quickly, you know, I might not be at that point in the story, right. but I'll flip over to that other document, the, uh, the, you know, the outline notes document, and put in what I'm thinking about that just said. Maybe it's a change of scene, mm -hmm. maybe it's changing the order, maybe it's writing a, a, a few new facts that I say, hmm, that can, I can work that into the story later on. Let me see how it's going to work out. Right, right. Uh, I could have a, a, a certain scene that could go two or three different ways, and I might write a, a two sentences on each of those, uh, uh, that, that scene of alternate, uh, not endings, but alternate progressions, how they're going to go. You know, could uh, Terry go this way? Could she go that way? Could she get killed here? No, she's going to look. So depending on how the thing might fork out, right. I kind of, Jot that down quickly before I forget it, because you're right. You know, you can't remember too much. And you were talking about the timeline. You know, as you're as you're talking about, you know, different alternate progressions that that this could have happened to Terry, that that could have happened to Terry. Well, you also have to remember in your other, I'll say, two storylines. Where are those people? Um, thinking right. about your writing, you know, is he on the boat yet? Is he still on land? Did he discover mm -hmm. the, the mystery? Uh, you know, where all of those storylines, you're absolutely right. You have to keep them set in the timeline. Yes. I, I'm, yes. I'm appreciating this so much more as you're talking, I have to oh, tell you. Thanks. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. That's, and that's the challenging part. Um, you you can't do too much hopping around, you know. Five years later, three years later, two weeks earlier, you know. You have to, you know. You just can't use that as as a, as a technique. It has to kind of make sense as you're going along with the story. So when you flip to the other scene, too many chapters ago. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because if I'm reading along and then you you suddenly go back to someone and say, "Did we have that guy already? I don't remember that guy." You know. So that's a lot of plotting and planning that each of the individual storylines has to progress that they have to meet up with the other ones mm -hmm. in the right time, and that also you can't kind of 
drop one for too long, right. shall we say. You might be much more involved with this particular character, but if you drop this one out for too long, I'm going to forget who he was. Right. The other thing also is... Um... When you want to start dropping hints in the story about where it might go, oh, you know, you want to drop a hint here that to keep the story, the, the reader interested, but not too much where they go, aha, I know where it's all going to go now. Right, you know? right. So um, I've had some people read my stuff and they said, yeah, it was okay, but it was kind of predictable. I said, I guess I didn't do a good job on that one, you know. Oh. Um, but you know, you want to, if all of a sudden, you know, you know, Joe was lonely and he wanted to meet the love of his life, you know. And one of the other storylines is this young lady who happened to have maybe a lost love. Okay, it looks like those two, you're, you're dropping hints about they might hook up, you know, way down somewhere in the book. Uh, but you have to be careful not to give away too much or not make it sound too um, implausible or, uh, or, or, or stilted. You know, it's, it's, um, right. it's a little bit, a bit of a challenge to drop those hints. So when it does happen, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. He was looking for someone back way back when. Right, right. I understand why, what the attraction is here. Well, well, I will tell you, you succeeded with this because I did not see that coming at all, yet it, it was completely plausible. You know, it wasn't like you suddenly had, you know, aliens land and take over. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, there are ways of surprising the reader that are just not plausible, like you said. Um, and you can't do that. I mean, it might be a surprise ending, but it's like, stop, that can't actually happen. Yeah, and besides the, the plausibility or implausibility, uh, one of the kind of like, when I say rule of writing, no, nothing is really written in stone, but some, there are some, and there are some where you, it's okay to kind of like, uh, maybe, you know, not really trick or fool the reader a little bit, but you don't want to actually trick them and make them feel like an idiot for, oh, this, this doesn't make sense, you know. Right. You don't want to have the reader totally um, tricked, if you will, into something that they didn't expect, you know, I mean. It can be a surprise, but if, sometimes you have to not cross a line where you make the reader feel stupid if not either seeing that or saying that's it true. doesn't make any sense. That's true. No, I get That's a lot to be thinking about while you're writing. And, and you have yeah. enough brain cells at 2 o'clock in the morning to do this? Well, it begins fading around 1.45. <laughs> <laughs> that's about when to stop. You know? well, Did you ever wake up the next day and read what you wrote the night before and say, wow, I shouldn't write that late at night? Some, some, yes, then sometimes I'll flip back and say, oh, besides typos and things, you say, ah, oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, so that, that happens. One, one thing I found which kind of helps sometimes is that instead of ending at the end of a chapter, uh, finish off like in the middle of the chapter. So you, when you pick, up, pick it up again, the flow is still there and you know where you're going. You know? Sometimes you might have thought what the next chapter is going to be unless you jot it down. You might totally forget where it was like going on this for a minute. Right, right. But sometimes it helps you keep the flow going if you end like in the middle of the chapter because it's already flowing and you just pick it up from that point and keep on writing when you pick it up tomorrow the next day. Well, you and Ernest Hemingway both say that. Ernest Hemingway would say okay. that every night he would leave whatever he was writing and he would leave it in the middle of a sentence because okay. sometimes the hardest thing about writing is to get back into it. So he would mm -hmm. actually leave. Now, of course, Ernest Hemingway was on a typewriter. Um, and he would leave it in the middle of a sentence. And then he would go back to it later. And this, you know, this way he was right there in the flow. Um, I think I'm a, I'd be a little scared. <laughs> well, funny that you mention that with a typewriter. Because we have a, have a couple of old royal typewriters in the basement somewhere collecting dust. That you know, my mom used to type my term papers for me when I was in school. You know, nice. be banging away. And when I think back to those days, uh, this is even before they invented whiteout. Oh my gosh! Yes. Hemingway. 
and you see a picture of me, he's, he'll take a page out and he just takes it out and crumples it and throws it away and starts again. Right, right. Or you have a whole manuscript you have to check. You know, without a computer, we're so spoiled today with having computers. We can go back and just change it right online. I know. Can you imagine? I, mean, I can't imagine what that must have been like to be a, a real writer in those days, having to go through drafts upon drafts and making changes, you know, without the benefit of what we have today, the technology oh, today. It's, you know, it's really amazing how they did that. I mean, one of the, the, the technological things, can you imagine there, there are many times that somebody needs to change something globally, like the name of a character? And, mm -hmm. and we can do that now. We can just say, any time that we mention Mark... Make his name Michael. Bing, done. Yes. Your research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, you're, uh, you're so right. I really appreciate those people who had to, to do this whole thing right. manually. And I've had situations where I'll go through the book thinking it's going to be what, what I you know, kind of plotted everything out and I kind of know where I'm going. Right. But I'm writing. This happened to me when I did Near Miss. That, that, was, the, that was this book. Okay. Uh, character of Dale. Uh, originally, she wasn't going to be the main character. You know, I had my Terry and Joe in their series. They were, they were the main characters right. in that storyline. But as, as, as the story progressed, I said, you know what? This story is really about Dale, not about them. And I had to go back and wow. rewrite a bunch of stuff and pull out some paragraphs and, you know, re reorder some stuff. And, and I didn't realize who the story was about until I was actually in the story. And the, and the story just kind of took a life of its own. And I said, this story is really about some, I had, you know, I had no idea where this was going. I love and your just, openness with that. You know, another well, person, I love your openness with that. Another person would, uh, you know, forced the story. You know, said, I'm writing a story about these characters and not allowed the character of Dale, in this case, mm -hmm. to become their own person. And, and you were open to it, which is so, such a, a beautiful talent to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I guess what I, what I meant earlier. But you can't write you know, this stuff in stone. Even doing an outline, you have to be flexible. And it's kind of a blend between the people who write stream of consciousness right. and people who do what, what I do, which is more worldly, which is where my mind just works. Absolutely. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with stream of consciousness. I just find if I try to do it that way, I might wind up with a, a, a babble of something that didn't have any order to it or any structure. I, and I'm a structured kind of guy, so I need that kind of like orientation for myself. You know, just me. Well, what would you tell somebody who was just starting their first book and they said, oh, gosh, yes, that's the style I want to write in. And, and they're saying, I really love that. I love to read it. And they're about to start and you're the writing coach. What are you going to tell them? I tell them to start writing. Don't get too caught up in the, um, the detail and the minutia of, of the technique. Just start writing what you think, you know, that's the, that's the, your style, you know, make your outline up. That's, I just recommend an outline. So people might say, I don't need an outline. It's, you know, it's an individual thing. And just start writing and kind of see how it comes out. And you'll get an idea after a couple of chapters how you're doing. If you get too caught up in trying to edit as you're writing and stuff like that, you're going to interrupt your creative flow and everything else. Because creativity is the heart of what, as a, for a fiction writer anyway, that's, that's you know, the heart of your, of your, your heart and soul of your writing. I would just say start writing in, in what you think is that style and then go back and read it again after you've done a few chapters and see if it's kind of working. Maybe have somebody else who's not a, your best friend or your mother or your father read it <laughs> to give you some honest feedback, you know, and um, you'll get a feel for it. And you might find out, you know what, this doesn't work for me. I need a different style and you might revert to something else. Right, right. I love that. The, the best advice you can give to someone is just get started. Mm -hmm. You know, don't yeah. delay. Don't get details, don't, you know. I mean, you, you want to be, you know, the details have to make sense, obviously. The story has to make sense. But, 
just get into the flow and let your creativity you know take over absolutely there's a huge difference between writing and editing <laughs> or mm -hmm. writing and revising and a lot of times people think that what flows from them day one needs to be publishing perfect not even close just nope. get it out like you're saying get yeah, it out yeah. first and then work on you know the finesse and you might discover like you were saying paul that you know you're several chapters in and you're writing with a focus on the wrong character or something mm -hmm. and you might have to go back to square one but that's, that's part not, of the, the other thing i would i would stress is don't get discouraged mm. look on it as a challenge you know if you if you look at it if you get discouraged you feel like a failure day one you know i say there's plenty of room for failure and discouragement down the road don't worry about it back you know, just get involved and, and just embrace the, the process right. and enjoy it. Because if you don't enjoy exactly what you're doing, the writing itself, it's going to be a struggle. You're not going to have fun and it's not going to turn out well. Right, right. So, you know, just go with the flow and enjoy it. And you know, there's always time, like you said, to go back later on and, you know, edit this and edit that and, you know, uh, uh, wordsmith this and stuff like that and change <laughs> a phrase here and there and stuff like that. You know, it's plenty of time for that later on. You are super encouraging. I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, I'm figuring we're all kind of locked in our homes at the moment and mm. trying to get people who want to write, maybe who have never written before, or maybe wrote in a different style. Perhaps they, they had worked in memoir. And memoir seems to be much more, you know, linear. And they want to try their hand at fiction for the first time. I always say that I've never in my life written fiction, and I am dying to. So I am soaking up all of your tips here because I... I really want to try it myself in my spare time, and I'm not really sure when that's going to happen. Um, I'm, I'm too busy. I ghostwrite nonfiction, you know, and sometimes okay. creative nonfiction. Um, sometimes boring corporate manuals I ghostwrite, but I also, you know, ghostwrite memoir. But I've always wanted to write, you know, I have some stories in my head thinking, ooh, in my spare time. <laughs> so believe me, I am soaking up all of your tips and everything. So just give us a little preview of what's going on in book, is it book five now? Coming up book six. Book six, okay. How, how far along are you and um, when is it going to be coming well, out? Well, I'm about um, uh, 10 or 11 chapters in, about okay. maybe, uh, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 words and stuff like that. Not how many pages, 20 or 30. 50, 60 pages, you know, maybe one one quarter of the way through the book, maybe okay. not even a quarter, you know. All right, uh, so if somebody hasn't started with the whole series, they could start now and be there in time. Yes. <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll take a while, yes. Absolutely. Well, now now we're home. you got nothing else to do but write, right? Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't say exactly a blessing in disguise, but it is, um, you know, it's also, like I find, in, in today's current times, we're inundated by basically what's bad news. I mean, it just comes right. on 24-7. You know, it's almost like um, hurricane coverage. You know, with right, hurricane, right. you take it, you take it away from the stuff. Uh, and I find the time when I'm in the zone doing my, doing my writing, I've forgotten what's going on out in the rest of the world. It was almost like a, a, a brief release until I stopped writing. So I'm looking forward to getting back in the zone and just tuning out the world for a, a couple hours. And this kind of helps your mental attitude on life I think absolutely bit. well I can't thank you enough for your tips for all of our uh, aspiring writers or writers that have been working and now think oh there's an idea that's something I haven't tried yet before I think that that's yeah. fabulous and leave one, one other tip uh, just on you get into this um, you know writing and keeping the right reader interested 
is you want to, you know, people say, gee, we, you really wrote a page turner, which is like one of the biggest compliments you can give a writer, okay? Yes. And as a, a one, one little tip I would just throw out there is that as you're writing a scene, even within a short scene, try and build up a little bit of suspense, okay? So that, um, for example, as you're coming to the end of a, of a, of a chapter, uh, you could have the, um, the character say, or the narrator say, you know, and, you know, suddenly Dave heard something rustling behind the, the door of the next room. And when he pulled the door open, he was shocked what he saw. End of, end of that chapter. Well, who's not going to turn the page to find out what he saw? Absolutely. That kind of like is a little creative tip to kind of like, you know, help people turn the pages of your book. Love that. Little final tip. So we learned how to, how to kind of think about things when you're working in this um fashion of multiple storylines some of the things we need to keep in mind like timeline for the different storylines when they are going to converge together and what i thought was especially valuable making sure you don't drop one storyline for too long or your reader is going to lose interest and forget what you were talking about uh, right. you could do this by making notes you could do whiteboards you can keep it in your head if you can manage to do that uh, but your your two favorite tips that i love one is just do it just right don't just right. don't edit yourself too soon just write and get it out. And yes, loving that about the page turner. Then that and that was also kind of a writer's block tip you gave. As a writer, leave yourself kind of in the middle of something so that way when you come back the next day, you get right in without sitting there thinking, I don't know what comes next. And as a for your readers, you want everything to have that kind of pacing that leaves you hanging so a person wants to turn the page so that right. that's a tip both for the writer and for the writer in reaching the reader which i think is terrific paul you've been amazing i uh, i thank you so much for for joining me here today and and i uh, i hope that everyone can find paul on amazon barnes noble all places where all fabulous books are sold uh, Paul is also a scuba diver and an underwater photographer. So these gorgeous covers of all of his books were done by him. And I know that if you go over to his website at, is it mylabooks.com? Right, M-I-L-A-books.com. Right. If you go over to his website at mylabooks.com, uh, you can sign up for his fabulous newsletter. And it, I love Paul's newsletter. It is gorgeous and it's got pictures of I it makes me want to be in the islands diving um he's got a special affinity towards sea turtles which you'll see all over the website there and um the monthly newsletter is is for readers but also for dive aficionados so you're going to see some fabulous videos and shots of Cozumel and you were recently in Bonaire and there's uh sharks lots and lots of sharks so go over to mylabooks.com and sign up. Anybody who's an ocean lover will love it. Oh, I love it. And, and now that we're stuck inside, you definitely want to go over to mylabooks.com <laughs> so you can see what it used to be like out there. And hopefully yeah. we will be out there soon. And if, hey, before we know it, we're going to be out there. I, I have faith in that. And for all of my other authors out there, um, thanks for joining us and listening. You can hear us here. Um, we're streaming live, but we're also on... Thanks so much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. 
Thanks again for joining us and happy writing.